Listening Dog Media. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me, after a few variations... Over the past few weeks, the trio return. First of all, it's the Queen of Sky Sports News, Hayley McQueen. <laughs> Hi, Hayley. Oh, I mean, I just love that. It's great. Well, we've kept that running for about 10 years now, so thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I've never done Hayley McQueen of Sky Sports News and just no. rolled it on. And the other, of course, part of our triumvirate, uh, reunited with Hayley and I, completing the three amigos once more. It's the unstoppable... Lindsay Hooper. How are you, Linz? I'm very well. How long has this been going on with the trio of us? 10 years? 11 yeah. years? Um, oh, gosh. Do you know what? Sometimes it's good not to add up the years, isn't it, ladies? <laughs> mm. before, before the grim reality sets in. Um, I hope both you two are well. I've absolutely pegged it back from the school run. And whilst I was running there with my six-year-old, a little split happened in my jeans. Don't quite know what's oh, happened. No. And as I've run back, it's got it's got a little bit worse. So um, oh. during this podcast, not only can our listeners listen to our pearls of wisdom, to our insight, to our humorous exchanges, they can also imagine how far the split in my jeans is going to go oh. down my leg. <laughs> how interesting. There we go. Listen, footballing-wise, Linz, you've been all over the place. You were of course, uh, in the Women's League Cup action last night, weren't you? Saw Everton, who, who yeah. had their first game under the new manager, Jean-Luc Vasseur, who's a serial winner, Champions League winner with Lyon, uh, formerly. And um, I did a post-match interview with him. He, he was very worried about his English. It was brilliant. <laughs> It oh, was really? So, you know, when you get that moment when you're like, if you ask me to do this in French, then that's embarrassing. Mm. Yes. Um, this is brilliant. This is absolutely fine. Did you try any French on him, Lindsay? No, just, of course No, you not. weren't. You didn't sort of feel under pressure because he was so worried to put him at ease with like a quick sever. No, but when you when you ident, because this is for for use in Inside the WSL, a show on Sky Sports, and you have to just ident what it's for, I did realise I put a bit of a French twang on. So it was like, <laughs> um, God, here's a post, a post match interview with Jean-Luc Vasseur, oh uh, new Everton manager, Lindsay Hooper with the questions. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I get <laughs> Lindsay Hooper. Uh, please see Steve McLaren and Dutch for the example. Uh, Hayley McQueen, <laughs> you've dropped the dreaded X-bomb on us already this morning little insight into a chat we had before the show you don't know about this Lindsay but Hayley McQueen is only getting ready for Xmas Christmas mm-hmm. already oh, no. by heading off to a Christmas fair I, I mean forgive. it's just embarrassing I forgive it because of Ayla because of her daughter so I forgive no. it for that reason but Lindsay, guess what Ayla's at nursery the day I'm going. <laughs> she's not even taking Ayla I know. I'm just getting in the spirit nice and early because Fair play. Oh, as soon as as soon as Halloween's over, that's it. The pumpkin's gone. We've not tw- even had bonfire night. Come out. I, I know, but I'll get the fairy. The fairy lights are already out in the back garden. 
Yeah, and that's just for bonfire night, obviously. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't be putting my tree up until December. Good. Um, December the 1st. So, December the 1st, <laughs> of course. Already got it mapped down in my diary. And I do believe December the 1st is um, a Wednesday. Little ones at nursery. I quite often oh, have the morning really to myself at really home. have got it planned out. Um, mm. By the time we get to Christmas, of course, the Champions League uh, would have advanced on a little bit further. Um, yep. Tuesday night and Wednesday night this mm-hmm. week uh, saw plenty of UK interest, English interest. I watched Liverpool last night um, looking masterful against Atletico Madrid. They are now through to the knockout stages. Yeah. Um, 25 match unbeaten run at the club. It's a record. Uh, they were so impressive last night. Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. So impressive. Really, really pleased about that. Manchester United, what do you think about them mm. on Tuesday, Hayley? Yeah, I'll, I'll just add to Liverpool there, actually, before I come to Manchester United. And I would have loved to have seen United outclass and dominate the opposition in every department like Liverpool, but they, they didn't. They just completely dominated, didn't they, for that first 45 minutes. Yeah. It was like, yep, we'll show you who's boss if you come to Anfield. And I tell you what I loved after the game. Oh, my goodness. Loved this after the game. Harvey Elliott posing for a picture with his absolute hero, one of his favourite players of all time, Fernando Torres. How cute is that? <laughs> yeah, it was nice. really sweet, like the <laughs> biggest really smile nice. on his face ever because, yeah, he's at Atletico Madrid and he's one of the youth coaches there as well. Tuesday night, goodness me, where do you start? Well, it's Cristiano Ronaldo to the rescue again, isn't it? I was. It was one of those games where it, I didn't enjoy watching it because I just felt a bit too sick. too dicey. What the hell is this that I'm watching again? Come on, United. Actually, a draw away from home, a point away from home is respectable. But I do expect more from a United side that say they're challenging. They say they're behind their boss, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And and Ronaldo is pretty much keeping Ole in a job right now. And that's what five goals in four Champions League games, including two last minute equalizers and a winner as well. It's he is just outstanding. He is yeah, basically he's totally saving the day for them, isn't he? Um, yeah. Chelsea won at Malmo. Bayern looked like early favourites. They beat Benfica five two and have scored the magnificent tally of seventeen goals in four games. Uh, Wednesday night, Man City made pretty easy work of Club Bruges, uh, winning four one. Even Raheem Sterling got a goal. There we go. But Everyone's it surprised away. me in this one that Club Bruges managed to get back in it. And by the way, when I did UEFA co-commentary for this, it's Brugger. Oh, <laughs> so if it? I say that, yes, Club Brugger. Um, and yeah, I couldn't believe they got back in it because I, I did the co-coms for the, the first tie between the, the, them. And I mean, Manchester City ran riot. In the end, they did. But for Club Brugger to, to make it 1-1 at one point, they must have been thinking, huh, what's going on here? Because last time this this was very, very different. I, I do wonder about the, the question marks surrounding Jack Grealish at the moment. I think it's a bit He's harsh. just going to take a bit. Yes, I think so too. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. You can't expect people to come into a club and immediately settle in and start ramping He's in. He's been fine. Yes, yeah, yes, I, I mean, think so too. A lot of a lot of panic over nothing. And someone made the point as well, if you did the assist of the assist, if you had that stat, which one day eventually might come in, um, <laughs> then Grealish should be all over it. Straws clutching. I was just going to mention Paris Saint-Germain completely underwhelming. You'd expect so much of them as well. With such, There was such a gulf in talent between them and, and Leipzig. It was Georgina Wijnaldum who actually rescued them and scoring twice. It was a pretty eventful game at the Red Bull Arena. But... They just, there's just something missing. I think they've got too many big names and just don't really know what to do with them. They didn't have Lionel Messi in the side. Yes, they are still second place, uh, just one behind Manchester City. And maybe you could say they got a bit unlucky because it was a 90-second minute penalty for, for Leipzig. But they switched off towards the end of the game. They thought they were in cruise control. And no, they weren't. You've got to be careful. This is the Champions League, boys. You might think you're far superior to RB Leipzig, but absolutely not. I'm just a bit underwhelmed by Paris Saint-Germain at the moment. I think I was just expecting a little bit more from them. Well, early days, I guess. It is all about the knockout stages. Let's get on with the pod then. In this show, we are going to be discussing, well, you know, the nights are drawing in. We had the clock change. It's all got a bit chilly out there as well, hasn't it? So we're going to be talking about places that 
we'd rather watch football. Just if, if we could indulge, it could be under Haley's lights in her garden. That sounds very romantic. Uh, but um, ideally somewhere warmer or maybe more comfortable uh, than the gantry in a freezing Burnley or wherever you've been recently, mm. Lindsay. Um, so I'm going to talk about that. We're going to talk about things forgotten in football, a really bizarre incident at Leighton Orient. I'll tell you all about it later. <laughs> um, but that has prompted us to think about just plain forgetfulness in football. But to start with, Antonio Conte, he's making a return to the Premier League. So it's all about footballing comebacks. Okay, so topic one, big news of the week has undoubtedly been Antonio Conte's return to the Premier League with Spurs after taking over from Nuno, who was sacked on Monday. Uh, The Italians signed an 18-month contract. It's worth a reported 15 million quid per year. Holy moly. He was most recently in charge of Inter Milan and ended their 11-year wait for a Scudetto, which shouldn't come as a surprise given his CV. And uh, look, we know how good this is, but just to highlight, he's won five league titles in his last eight years in club management with Juventus, Chelsea and Inter. All eyes then on whether he can cure Spurs of their Spursiness. Um, But this has got us thinking, which other... Premier League returns have worked out well, or which are the returns in football I think we can extend this to, but which ones have worked out well and which have ended disastrously? Lindsay, do you want to get us started? One right now, which is very current, and I'm going to stick with managers, is the the David Moyes return to West Ham mm. United. Because West Ham um, let him go in order to bring in Manuel Pellegrini. And at the time, everyone thought, oh, you know, Pellegrini's maybe got better stock, although... David started something, I wonder. And when that didn't work out, for Moyes to go back and now for West Ham to be so brilliant, they are fighting on multiple fronts. They're they're absolutely handling the demands of Europa League football, doing well in the Premier League, and they're on a cup run as well, as we record. So it couldn't be any better if you're a Hammers fan, surely. You're you're looking at what David Moyes did at Everton, and now I think you're comparing it with West Ham. He's probably got a while to go because of the time he spent at Everton to say it's better, but he could achieve more. He could actually win a cup, or he could... I mean, the Europa League doesn't look like there's that much competition until you get the fallout from some of the teams from the Champions League falling mm-hmm. back. I, I think they're front runners for that as well. So... Yeah. I think the job he's done has been marvellous. He's bought really well. The recruitment has been fantastic. And he's getting the best out of players. He's that sort of manager that some of them are just, you know, walking over hot bricks for him. And you can't ask them much more. It's just clicking together, isn't it? Do you have that fatalistic thing, though, ladies, where you think, well, David Moyes returned to West Ham. It's going brilliantly. But as with the case with most managers, you never leave on a high, do you? And so, you know, sometimes football's a bit tinged for me or tainted with the air of inevitability. I love watching managers like David Moyes. West Ham is such a terrific story. It's so good to see. It's so good for the club. It's good for football. But then inevitably, it has to go somewhere, doesn't it? And so you think... Well, perhaps that's a bit fatalistic of me. Do you ever that think is a that? topic for another week? I think, yes, I think we should yes. try and find people that left mm. on an absolute high yeah. because you're right; it doesn't happen that much. But I, I bet mm. there are examples out there. In fact, one of my comebacks that I'll come on to in a moment left the club first time round very much on a high and managed to leave on a high again. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll stick with management and just throw one in. After, well, Newcastle um, being turned down by Unai Emery, pretty embarrassing for them, really, considering all the cash that they've got. Um, One of the names that had been a serious consideration before he joined Everton was Rafa Benitez, apparently. Mm -hmm. It would have been a return to Newcastle, wouldn't it, for Rafa Benitez? um, I think that could still happen. Yeah, yeah, it could still happen. Mm -hmm. Instead, that hasn't happened, but of course... Beforehand, he'd returned to Merseyside, hadn't he? Hadn't he being in charge of Liverpool uh, for that length of time? And he'd returned to Merseyside to join Everton. But it's not really going to plan at all, is it, for him? That capitulation against Watford at Goodison a few weeks ago, the manner of the defeat, um, Everton leading with 12 minutes to go and collapsed to lose 5-2. So there we go. Benitez has already, well, in fact, he's returned in lots of ways to lots of different clubs, hasn't he? <laughs> um, could he make a return to Newcastle? It would feel, I don't know, would it Would it be too early for kind of Everton to throw in the towel? I sort of feel like it might be, Lindsay, but I don't know whether you hear anything on the sidelines. 
Well, I have already predicted um, in oh, another God, show that go. I do. <laughs> I, a turn of events, which is, I, I think Everton, they're in a real bad run at the moment. I think this weekend they face Spurs and it'll mm. be the first Premier League match for Conte in charge. I think Spurs okay. win that game and I think that will then accelerate the fact that Rafa Benitez might already be under a bit of pressure there. I don't think he would be sacked, but I think when Newcastle are there just waiting for a big manager. They love him already. Unless Eddie Howe is appointed before then. I mean, the rumour mill is, is churning over that Eddie Howe yeah. would be, yeah. be going in. The thing is with that, though, I cannot see him appealing to huge, huge players or his his mm, contacts agreed. book, I don't think is agreed. good enough. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Perhaps it's not at the level where it would meet the ambition of the new owners. Um, Hayley, what have you got in terms of footballing returns? Okay, well, this is a man who returned to a club three times and each time was as successful as the last two and no it's not Janino of Middlesbrough who I've mentioned on previous podcasts <laughs> I I'll thought you were you... going to say Janino mm-hmm. for this I really it's did. a little tease he, he left the Premier League in 2014 he's now 39 I'll let you guess he left the Premier League he went to play Major League Soccer and we thought well that's going to be the end of it that, that'll be him going out to the to the to the States or to Canada where he actually went to play maybe that's giving too much away he then returned to play in the northeast of England, then made a return. This was the first of two returns and then went up to Scotland where he still is. And he's like the Benjamin Button of football. Have you guessed yet? He made two returns to previous clubs. Oh, God. No. And he's now in Scotland. Yeah. And still playing. And he's 39 years old. Oh, Defoe, Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, Jermaine Defoe. Oh, of course. The Benjamin Button of football, isn't he? A bit like like Cristiano Ronaldo. So he returned to Tottenham three times. The last time was only a very short spell on loan when he left Toronto. As you were mentioning a little bit earlier, Linz, he actually did leave Spurs on a high and returned on a high as well. So I think he was kind of paving the way to show, you know, Ronaldo Lukaku, you can come back and do it. You can be an ageing striker in, in sort of looking at, you know, the hints towards Ronaldo as to what you can do if you come back to the Premier League and scoring for Europe as well. He's I love leading... that you've just rinsed off Ronaldo as an aging striker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, um, I, know, I know he's not the out-and-out striker, but, you know, someone that scores goals and important ones. And actually, Defoe managed to go back to Tottenham and for that third time became their leading European goal scorer. So he'd already scored 43 Premier League goals before he made that. It was quite a surprise switch, you'd have to say, to Portsmouth. That was during their FA Cup winning season, although he actually didn't play. He was cup tied, so he didn't have the best of times there, but he still banged them in for fun, scoring on every single debut that he's ever made for any club. Then actually Spurs paid around twice what they received from Portsmouth to bring him back to the club. He was playing for England at the time. He got his first goal of his second spell against Portsmouth. Always scores against his previous clubs as well. Yeah. And then 18 league goals in the uh, 2009-10 season. So I guess he justified the decision to bring him back to White Hart Lane. And he finished um, his time at the club on 94 Premier League goals. Actually, only three Spurs players at that time had scored more. Robbie Keane, Teddy Sheringham and Harry Kane, but no one had scored more in Europe. There is a really obvious one that is parallel to that in the Premier League, you know, not quite um, at the distinguished age of 39, which I am as well. (laughs) Um, He's 36, but you should know this one, Hayley, because he's back in the Premier League, having had a brilliant spell in Italy. Lots of people thinking his career was over and he's gone back to his former club. Who am I talking about? I don't know. Ashley Young. Oh, Ashley yeah. Young going back to Aston Villa. He's yeah. there right now. Um, obviously, spent the bulk of his career at Manchester United, but mm-hmm. he put in over 150 appearances at Aston Villa the first time round. He's back there now. Many people thinking when he went to Inter Milan, that would be it. But no, he's back in the Premier League. So that's a really good return. Mm. What, what about for someone that didn't quite work out to plan? Shall we mention Gareth Bale? Not quite successful. He fell out of favour under Zidane. Zidane. He didn't, disaster, didn't quite like it, him. Really? Yeah. And then again, it's another player. I've got the Spursy link. He went on loan, but it was Jose Mourinho. I thought, oh, he's going to get the best out of him. Absolutely not. Struggled for minutes. Played in six of the first 23 league games of the season. What a waste. Yeah. Um, so ended with 20 league appearances, just 10 starts, 11 goals and two assists. But now he's back at Real Madrid and he's on a reported 600 grand a week, <sighs> a week. But how unlucky is this? 
he's been out for the last 13 games with a knee injury. And that's I mean, just frustrating, guy. isn't it? Well, yeah, but then I don't know that, that there has been sort of questions about uh, about whether he's approached this in quite the right way. When we have our conversation about the fact that it's really difficult to go back, especially if you're a club legend, actually, that's when it's most difficult. And I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's experiencing mm. that, isn't he? Do you remember when Roberto Di Matteo returned to Chelsea? Uh, first as assistant manager, nearly 10 years after finishing up there as a player. Uh, then when the manager Andre Villas-Boas was sacked, Di Matteo stepped up and in charge for eight months, he did brilliantly well, won an FA Cup and the Champions League, but was disposed of into the next season prematurely, I think. You'd have to say if you'd achieved that in eight months, you'd think, um, well done. But Chelsea's ambitions were beyond that. Fair play to him, though. I think he had the last laugh because he was still being paid 130 grand a week for at least a year after leaving Chelsea, uh, after he was told to go because the two parties never agreed a payoff settlement. So to me, last laugh on Roberto Di Matteo. Let's go with Chelsea then, because this is my player that left on a high, came back and still experienced another high, and it is Didier Drogba. Mm. You can't get much better than scoring a penalty in a Champions League final. And he did that in 2012. It was the first European Cup for Chelsea. And he goes on his way and thinks, right, I'm leaving on that high. Then the temptation a couple of years later when Jose Mourinho said, you know what, do you mind Didier coming back? playing with us we're a bit short up front um he thought you know what I'll do it I'll do it and I, I feel like I was one of those people that thought uh he's he's gonna ruin that he went out scoring the the winning penalty in a Champions League final but they they got a fourth Premier League title that year and I, I just think that Didier Drogba at the bridge will always be remembered as one of the legends but the return will be seen equally as well. You know, I, I don't think mm. he tarnished his career at all by going back. No, no, I think it was actually a really nice story to have him back as well. And um, he was certainly, you know, quite happy to, to display his genius once again. And the fans were pleased to have him, so it was a win-win. Let's move on to the next topic then. Um, forgetfulness. Brilliant. I love this. This is great for us this, three. It, it is, yeah. I've got baby brain. I don't know if I'm ever going to get rid normal, of it. Makes doesn't it? Um, so things forgotten in football. Last weekend saw, well, can only be described as a truly bizarre incident at Leighton Orient. The O's were 2-0 up at approaching half-time. Uh, it was their League 2 clash against Hartlepool. The referee blew the whistle for half-time. The players went off. Only for the ref, Alan Young, to realise that he'd forgotten to play first half injury time. So what did he do? Well, when the players returned for the second half, he got them to play four minutes, the injury time, and then switch ends and play the second half as usual. Absolutely nothing to see here, Gov. Uh, it didn't seem to affect Kelly Jackett's side too much. They went on to win 5-0. So there you go. Quite embarrassing. Uh, but also, he got it sorted out. Fair enough. It led us to think about what other things have been <laughs> forgotten in football. Hayley. Okay, this is absolutely brilliant. I couldn't believe what I was watching when I saw a referee forget that he was a referee. This is back in January 2018. Referee Tony Chapron. Now he, or Chapron, because it's in Ligue 1. Chapron. Oui. Chapron, Tony. So he accidentally, was he was he was accidentally tripped by nonce defender Diego Carlos. Now he's at Sevilla now, okay as they run back to goal against Paris Saint-Germain. So he was accidentally tripped. I mean, he went yes. absolutely yes. flying. Yes, he was, yes. Yep. But the the referee, I tell you why he forgets a, he's a referee, he doesn't just get up and deal with the situation. He retaliates. He gets to his knees, sticks out a leg to Diego Carlos to try and trip him up too. And then to make matters worse, he then produces a yellow card to Carlos he was eventually sent off. Now, thankfully, the red 
was rescinded. Chaperon was given a six-month ban. But how absolutely mad is that? Now, this came three years after he refused to give Zlatan Ibrahimovic the match ball after the Swede netted a hat-trick because apparently he had bad manners. So he's like, no, you're not getting the ball. <laughs> bad manners. And yeah, he's forgetting all about his own manners, isn't he? I love this. It's brilliant. So he was either heavily principled and just mm. felt like, you know, an eye for an eye and all that, or he's just a bit mad. <laughs> in the nicest possible way yes I actually saw the saw the footage of this and and when he's sort of puffing around after after having taken Diego Mm. Carlos down um he's just he's just looking like right I've made that decision now and I'm just going to have to live with it and you know when you can see on someone's face that sort of absolute righteousness even at the back Mm. of their mind they're probably thinking god 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 what have I done how about this you may remember this Hayley story from Craig Levine, former Hearts boss. In fact, it was only revealed last month in a podcast, but he admitted uh, that he once locked a young player in a cupboard to teach him a lesson about how it would feel in jail and then forgot about him. Uh, Former Hearts boss said he'd done it after growing fed up with the player's off-field antics. We don't know who the player is, but by all accounts, I don't blame him. He said Mm. he had a friend in the police and he'd give Levine the heads up if any of the players had misbehaved over the weekend. And he just said, look, I was on the phone um, to this copper in the force most mornings and it was one particular player this particular player um, who would just lie straight into Craig Levine's face about what he'd been up to barefaced lying um, he'd hear from the landlady of this player as well saying he didn't get in till 6am and then he'd confront the player and the player would say no I was in bed all night and so he was just really really frustrated with him and thought I know what I'm, what I'm going to do I'm going to take you know action here physical action try and get into his head a little bit so he took the player Uh, Well, in fact, he told his assistant to take the player and put him in a cupboard to teach him what jail would be like. And then forgot him for eight hours. This player was in this cupboard. When Levine realised he had that, probably had that, you know, that's that horrible when, you know, you sink down to the pit of your stomach and think, oh, my God, he's been in there for eight hours. I'm going to, all sorts of, you know, police are going to come here, accuse me of kidnapping. Mm. You know, the... The, the player's going to be freaking out. I'm going to cause him long-term damage. Rushed up to the cupboard, opened the door. The player was fast asleep. Absolutely fine. No problem wow. at all. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the wow. cupboard trick, which that, sort of, yes, which sort of didn't work out in the end. Mm. I might begin with one of my own stories, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because... Um, About the time you were locked in a cupboard under the stairs. No, I wasn't. Hours. I mean, I don't. I don't know how to gear change from that one. I have to say, but um, I, what I'm going to do is is relay a bit of forgotten football reporter um, oh. anecdote because oh. I, I went all the way to Ipswich, <laughs> and it was at the time I was a BBC final score reporter, and my boss, mm-hmm. my final score editor at the time, was Steve Rudge, who's now very high up at the BBC. And I remember having, in a panic, to call him in the car. I got about an hour and a half, I think, into my journey. And I rang him and I said, Steve, I've forgotten the ISDN kit. I know, I know this story. For anyone who doesn't know what an ISDN kit is, when you hear reports, live reports from reporters when they go around the grounds, it's because they're using a bit of kit and you plug it into a, a very... High quality, it's like a high quality, quality phone, phone line, line, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have this kit that you need, which is quite heavy sometimes, that you carry around to stadiums, but without it, you cannot do it. <laughs> and what I just got, how have I did you this? use, Lindsay? I didn't. Because... I didn't. Oh, oh, because... oh, you didn't. You did actually fess up. I had to, Kate. I couldn't fib because I was already over halfway there. I wouldn't have made kickoff in time if I'd have turned around. So I had to make that call and just say, I'm so sorry. I've <laughs> lost my mind. Anyway, they managed to get a replacement kit from a local BBC station I think it was Radio Suffolk at the time came to my rescue and I went and borrowed one of those but yeah Steve was just laughing so hard and he reminded me at the Christmas party <laughs> who forgets their ISDN kit and then well, me putting my hand up yeah it's all yeah, possible yeah. it's all possible isn't it well you know Lynn suddenly you forgetting your ISDN kit looks looks minor compared to what happened to Chelsea when they forgot their kit 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't know who got uh, got in the firing line for this, but there we go. So it was in 1997, quite some time ago. Um, they were managed by Rude Hullet at the time. Um, they travelled to Highfield Road to play Gordon Strachan's Coventry. Those were the days. They bought their home kits rather than their away kits. But the problem was the home kits were deemed too much of a kit clash with Coventry's Sky Blue. Seems a bit weird to me, but there we go. Um, Hullet tried to make um, Coventry Strachan's team play in their away kit, but basically Strachan said, no way. So how do you solve this issue? Well, basically, Chelsea ended up having to play in Coventry's away kit, uh, which I think is mean, but also a wonderful story. At that time, Chelsea's team included Mark Hughes, Gianfranco Zola. They took the lead, but they ended up losing 3-1, what do you do when you lose 3-1 and you're wearing someone else's shirt? You take them off and you throw them on the floor in mm. absolute disgust. Love that story. Sergio Canos recently for Brentford, when they uh, when they played Liverpool at the Brentford Community Stadium, mm. Kate, and managed to get that three-all draw, mm. um, he revealed afterwards that he'd accidentally forgotten his shin pads. He'd left them on the side of the pitch. And as we've touched on previously in shows, nowadays players, their shin pads they're, they're covered in all sorts of pictures of their family. Their yeah. Per- yeah. And he'd got all of that and they meant a lot to him. And thankfully, a security guard, well, I say thankfully, a security guard found them, but then gave them to a fan. Oh. <laughs> the fan eventually gave them back. So um, he oh. was reunited with them. And there was a picture, if you do a Google of, of it, um, there's a picture of the, the shin pads and it's got all of his family, like little baby on there and you know you can just tell that it means so much so um yeah he was reunited with the shin pads i guess that players do that all the time they forget their shin pads Mm. a lot of them forget their passports i've been reading about quite a few of them Jaden sancho one of the latest he forgot his passport and they actually had to delay the flight for borussia (laughs) dortmund when they were heading to play tottenham yeah absolutely i do want to mention this story and it is quite serious and it is sad but i do want to mention because it was five years ago this month that we lost everybody but three people who died in the Chapecoense plane crash. Do you remember the Brazilian yes, football team so awful, who yeah. flew to Medellin for the for the, the first leg of their Copa Sudamerica final? The plane went down in the mountains in a rural area. But I was reading this story and it was yeah, it was it was quite it's quite shocking. It's like when you read the stories of September the 11th and somebody didn't go to work or they forgot something or their child was off school sick so they stayed home. And this one, I didn't realise this. The actual, the, 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 the manager of the football team, the Chapaquency boss, his son was supposed to travel with them but forgot his passport so couldn't wow. get on the flight and missed the flight. So you just have to think, you know... God rest the souls of all of those who lost their lives, but there, 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 there could have been more. There would have been another young man who lost his life. So thank goodness for his poor wife who was left at home. But, but luckily, her, her son survived that. Yeah. But yeah, I just did, I did want to give it a mention because it's sort of haunting, isn't it? Really, it is. Yeah. It is very haunting. It is a little personal one for me, and this is sort of teaching me a lesson. I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast. It's before we had iPads and, and iPhones that could provide you with lots of information. You used to get handed the team sheets, particularly at academy games, freezing cold hands, and have to kind of work out what the teams were, which was always a little bit more difficult when it was sort of reserves and youth teams because didn't have the names on the back of the shirts just numbers and then you would have to try and figure out a formation yourself and I remember being at the Moss Rose uh, watching Manchester United about to do a live into MUTV before to announce the team news and I couldn't find a pen to scribble down my notes and I had a pencil case, well, a sort of pencil case. Okay, it was a makeup bag, but in it, I had an eyeliner and a lip liner, and that was as close as it got to any kind of writing material. And um, Brian McClare was there, and I said, oh, Brian, Brian. I said, like, I've literally, I've got two minutes, please. I said, I just need a pen. I just need to scribble down the team. And he just looked at me, and he just laughed, and he just said, Haley, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. That's obviously the, the life quote I live by now. And he stood behind my cameraman, Dan, pitch side, whilst I had to go through the <gasps> team Painful. news and just laughed at me. Oh, yes. my goodness. I do, so that, um, that I do remember lesson. that story of yours. Mm, and actually, it is something gosh. that I have quoted 
to students before. Oh, um, just what kind not of, to do? Well, yeah, because yeah. it's because it's such a good journalism yeah. story, really. Yeah, it's such a good journalism. Yeah. Although students yep. now are happily uh, happily speaking and doing all sorts of advanced things into their technology. But yeah, I know for sure as well. If we've been doing this ten or eleven years, I I have definitely forgotten my notes. You know, when we do a little bit of, um, I, we do some bullet points when we know sort of the topics we're doing, and often um, I've forgotten those, so I've just had know, to just wing it. When I had my first um, interview at at Sky Sports for Sky Sports News, I was meeting the boss there, Andy Cairns, and I'd written some prep notes, like I'd you know tried to sort of include my knowledge in there and I just thought I'm just going to get everything ready for it and I typed them onto my old computer and this is years ago now well over a decade ago and um and and then I forgot them so I had to uh speak to my boyfriend at the time and say can you go onto my computer can you try and and I don't I, I mean I don't even know if I had email on my phone by then but I can just mm-hmm. remember um I think he I think he had to read them off to me whilst I was sitting in the in the, the old security area at Sky Sports wow. so I was taking down the notes again because I was so worried and um, that I'd forgotten them but probably the moral of that story is don't ever worry if you forget your notes then there's a reason it's in there somewhere do, do you mm. know what I mean particularly for that interview anyway all right so let's move on to the final topic places we'd rather be watching football right now oh <laughs> this feels like sacrilege <laughs> Miami <doesn't it? laughs> Well, the nights are getting longer. It's getting darker here in the UK. The clocks have gone back, haven't they? The temperature's definitely dropping. I've started to get my little woolly hat out. So let's try and transport our listeners, ladies, to more tropical climes or more cosy surroundings. Although there is nothing better sometimes when you're not going to the football, just cosying up on a Saturday afternoon um, on the sofa, um, lunchtime. Can I interject there with a a story you probably don't want to hear? But it just made me laugh when you said that it's getting colder at the moment. So we've put our underfloor heating back on in the bathroom, but it has caused havoc with the puppy (laughs) toilet training because now Billy wants to do his poos on the hot floor. Oh my gosh, of course he does. Who wouldn't want to place their bottle on Yeah, exactly. It's clearly clearly much nicer. Uh, Yeah, anyway. I hope you've not got heated seats in your car, Lindsay, because you're going to have the same problem. (laughs) That's the case. With myself, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I mean, as a rule, I don't like heated seats because they make me feel like I've peed myself. Don't ask me why. That's just what I think. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, places you'd rather be watching football, please. Let's have some inspiration, um, Lindsay. I, I was thinking about this, and in realistic terms, because I've got to still earn a living, and. Yes, it's really, really cold. I've done many a winter wrapped up on a gantry, dithering, sometimes not able to get my words out. And I was thinking, what football-wise could I just have a sabbatical and go and do for a bit? And then I looked at all the Premier League players that are about to go on Africa Cup of Nations duty. And it's in Cameroon. And I'm thinking, brilliant. Yeah, you should just go with those Premier League players and go and cover that for a while and bask in the sunshine in Cameroon for a bit. You've got lots of teams there, Senegal, Cape Verde, Guinea, Malawi, Morocco. There's there's loads of them. You just honestly, you'd be able to just dine on football, but in a warmer climate, mm. and genuinely do so. We're not having to make anything fanciful up here. It it exists. It's fanciful. a tournament. <laughs> yeah, anything fanciful up. Um, uh, I was gutted to read that there's no more Aloha Stadium in Hawaii because, of course, my first Aloha. thought goes to you know oh, let's go somewhere yeah. tropical. Yeah, um, and the stadium closed last year. Um, I think it's going to be knocked down and rebuilt or something. But I was absolutely gutted to imagine oh. that uh, no more, no more watching football, wearing grass skirts and sipping cocktails. Um, the Aloha Stadium is no more for Gosh. now. I was gutted about that. I was trying to look for somewhere that was so remote because I just don't get a minute to myself. I can't go to the toilet without a toddler throwing herself on the floor, wondering what I'm doing. She just doesn't like it. I lift up my mobile phone. She grabs it off me, put it down, put it down. To be fair, she's got a point. Can't put football on the TV. She just shouts, cartoon, cartoon. So I thought I need to just go to a remote island to watch football, to just chill out. But do you want to hear about this island, it's called Tristan de Cunha. It's a volcanic island, but the volcano hasn't erupted for quite some time. There's a population of 258 people. There are only nine 
different last names. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love it. Everyone's yeah. related. <laughs> yeah, I love I love this. The locals, yep, yeah, the locals speak English, but they've also invented their own dialect I love with that. words derived from Scottish English, South African American, Dutch, Italian, Irish, reflecting Where is their this various island. Um it's in the South Atlantic somewhere. South Africa actually is the nearest country to it. It's a British overseas territory. Now to get there, and I've got you've, you've got to time your trip carefully if you want some absolute peace <laughs> and quiet, okay? There's one of three ships that make nine trips from Cape Town each year year wow a journey wow. of 1732 miles so i was thinking if i want a little bit of remoteness that sounds good to me i did do something similar Haley, whereby i went on google and i thought look let's go and have a look at some of the stadiums and the thing that's really important to me um mm. especially when i'm looking at future houses as well is is views and i was thinking what stadiums have the nicest views oh, the nicest yeah. backdrops because that would be lovely and up there um and i have been to this country before but i didn't visit it um in singapore the marina bay floating stadium yes. oh, if you look at pictures of this it feels like one to put on the bucket list to go and mm. see because of all the views surrounding it it's beautiful yeah, I, I, I can completely endorse that. Um, never been, but would like to. I'm reminded when we talk about nice places to watch football, Lindsay, of the time that we got invited to do a podcast at the Allianz Arena in their hotel. Which There's we still haven't done yet. Which we still haven't done, but this was like years ago now. It's never going to happen. But no, it is. Basically it is. Got... I'm convinced it's going <laughs> to okay. happen. Start that, start that conversation again. Um, they've got a, I, th I think it's like a Marriott or something hotel. And the bedrooms... No, we've got to get the... that right if we want to go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, right. okay. Let's make sure that we get that they've, right. They've was got a great hotel. A great hotel. Looks absolutely mm. amazing. Um, overlooks the pitch at the Allianz Arena. So you can literally lie in bed, I think, prop yourself up with a few pillows yeah. and watch the football, uh, the ultimate watching football in bed, that is. I've also got some suggestions for you, Lynn. You know, as a reporter, this is a, mm. you know, this is this is a slightly uncomfortable time of year when it uh, mm. when it starts to get well, bitterly cold. You, and you're talking about Bayern Munich. I could have done that with Carrow Road. They've got a hotel in the corner, haven't they? Leighton oh, yes. Orient, they've got yes. flats in the corners. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know if the view is the same and the luxury is the same. But there we go. But yeah, sort of thinking about you reporting, I've got, um, got, got a sort of a few modern innovations. So I know we. But well, genuinely, we've about... I'm taking notes because I, I well, do well, need well, to keep. Good. Keep I mean, more. I mean, I know that you and Jackie Oatley have have conversations over Twitter about yeah. the next. I'm seeing innovation. her on Sunday. We'll share these. Okay, yeah. So, so what about so you... is there is there underfloor heating at any of these places? Just like your no. bathroom, that would that would no, help. not going to touch that the side, is it? Um, no. So we've already talked about uh, you, you basically the sort of hand gel warmers things. They are you know at least two years old now. Oh, come on, Kate. I've been doing those for years. Yes, exactly. So what about a heated seat? pad have you seen these uh, yeah, Jackie so has got one of those. Oh yep. God, Jackie's already beat me to it. So it's basically rechargeable. Does the one that Jackie have also massage you at the same time? Because <gasps> you know, I know you've got a bad back, Lindsay. Oh, so this could be the move on that we're looking okay. for. Okay, uh, and it's rechargeable. And how about the latest innovation out of the states, Mister Heater, little buddy? This is a propane heater, Lindsay, that can heat up to ninety-five square feet outdoors. So if you take this to a game. Everyone will absolutely freaking love you. That's wow. my suggestion. So Jackie has the heaters, but I, I don't know whether she has this uh, Mr. Heater little buddy. Yes. Well, that is that is the move forward for you in this competition of who, who's got the best hot stuff. I tell you where I would like to go and watch football because I was trying to think of all my friends around the world. I've got one of my best friends who's in Connecticut, another in Dubai. That'd be great. I have actually watched, I watched the Champions League final, God, I don't know how many years ago it was, in Vegas, in a pool, on a big screen. That was fun. Um, drinking a pina colada, getting a tan. Um, Sam Allardyce wasn't in the hot tub with you, was he? <laughs> no, that was, that was Doha. That was Doha. In Australia, Perth's Crown Sports Bar, it's been named one of the best bars to watch sport in the world and then we know the Aussies like to do their drinking and sports watching 
Um, they take it very seriously, don't don't they? So it's it's the Crown Perth Hotel and Casino Complex. There's this huge viewing room. It's like an arena in itself, surrounded on three sides. So each side is surrounded by gigantic screens. Now, I thought there were a lot of screens in our studio at Sky Sports News, but this absolutely wipes the floor with that. So if you're not into whatever the main event is, there are hanging screens by the bar, you know, like American style, where you get your hot dogs and your... I don't know, your chips and you Wieners. sit at the bar and you, you drunk you drink a bud and have a wiener. It paints a wonderful picture. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there's actually private screening areas as well. There's one big one called the box. You can have a luxury viewing experience literally with caviar, shrimps on the Barbie, and champagne. It just oh, looks great. Wonderful. Yeah, it reminds me of the days when I used to go out. To be honest, if it was down to the three of us, I would trust you, Haley, and, and maybe Kate as well. Certainly not me to choose the venue, but you both got very nice taste in things. So, <laughs> a taste for luxury items, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds a little bit like uh, what's going on at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the wrong sport. I realise this, but perhaps this is where we need the sort of standard we need to be aiming at in the Premier League. This is NFL, of course. They have got the whole viewing areas the kind of private viewing areas but they've got them within 20 50 person poolside cabanas yes cabanas at the everbank field uh their stadium mm-hmm. there was a huge renovation a couple of years ago and um basically you can lounge you can do the tv thing you can do all the nice food and everything else but you can lounge and you can dip in the pool whilst oh. you are taking in the game. Oh, wow. um, I went to book one for us ladies, uh, a smaller one, $19,000. I thought it was quite <gasps> expensive. Right. Okay. $19,000? $19,000. But they are 50, per, well, the $19,000 one was There's 50 no person. No, 50 person no bananas. I mean, I mean, Lindsay, you got, you got married last month. Um, <laughs> I know you're yet to have a party. I mean, 50 people, 19 grand, would that would that be economical at all if we all chipped in a few hundred pounds each, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 380 quid um, each. Think again. <laughs> Just off the top of my head. Good maths, McQueen. <laughs> uh, I, this is not a place that I'd rather be watching football, but when I mentioned Sam Allardyce, it made me think of something for forgetting as well, which we'd already talked about. But I've got to mention it because have both of you heard, there's a clip that's doing the rounds on TalkSport of him and it's Sam Allardyce talking about weeks in the year and he's like, duh, 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 55 weeks in the, I mean 52 <laughs> weeks in the year. It makes me laugh every time I hear that, um, that someone thinks there's 55 weeks in a year. Love it, absolutely love that. All right, let's move on to any other business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. So here we are, the smaller stories that may have fallen under the radar during the week in football. Who wants to get us started? Hayley, I vote you. One little story to mention. Congratulations to um, Donny Vanderbeek, who is having a baby. And what genes these are going to be, because it's Dennis Burkamp's daughter, pregnant by Donny <gasps> Vanderbeek. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then Andy Vandermeer said, congratulations, will the name be Oli Gunnar? which i thought was quite funny but yeah so yeah watch out for for that in the future Mm, I have a congratulations as well for someone that we know. Um, Emma Hayes, Chelsea manager, she won Pundit of the Year at the Broadcast Sport Awards. This is hot off the press because the awards happened yesterday as we're recording this. Um, But I thought she's been brilliant, a breath of fresh air as a pundit and has been recognised and won that award. So well done to her, as well as all of her footballing endeavours as well. Yeah. Now you may have heard that Christian Eriksen is wanting to get back to playing football but there's a problem I read this earlier in the week and thought oh god that's mental so basically uh, we all know um, that unfortunately he you know suffered a cardiac arrest in Denmark's opening game at Euro 2020 in June wants to get back to it but he can't play at his club Inter Milan he's looking for a new club why is this well that's because he had a defibrillator fitted to monitor his heart rhythm and that makes him ineligible to play Mm. in Syria so reports say that he might head back to Ajax but that is you know a nuts rule isn't it would you say it's sort of a slightly slightly silly rule not to allow him to play in Syria but there we go I'm sure that there are reasons behind it. Yeah. Mm. Congrats to Cristiano Ronaldo having twins, another set of twins. How many kids has he got now? 
that'll be six. No. Preparing <laughs> oh, to become, yeah, dad of six. Absolutely wow. mad. Uh, and speaking wow. of uh, a father, the father of Soccer Saturday and midweek specials, oh, although Julian Warren's yeah. been doing them recently. Jeff Stelling is going to be leaving after 25 years. And I was I, on I, air listening to him announce oh, that, thinking oh. in utter disbelief. Yeah. What? What's going on? Yeah. He is easily, I mean, I mean, I know that we all say it, but he's the nicest man in football, but he's one of yeah. those people that, you know, even in the early days um, of being at Sky Sports, he would always remember your name. It's such a small thing. And sort of even though, you know, the sort of work I was doing there was nothing really remotely connected to Jeff. I was just doing online news bulletins. He, he would say, hello, Kate. How are you, Kate? Thank you. You, you know, he just, just an, an absolute gentleman. He um, is. And do you know why he remembers everybody's names? Go on. Everybody's. Because he... He says himself, this is why he's so good at the job. He's got a photographic memory. Has he really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, lucky him. I've had a good chat to him about that before. He just said, look, he said, I don't just <laughs> remember stuff like that. He said, it's, he said, but ever since being a kid, he said, my brain is trained now to hold certain information. And obviously we have a great stats team who help him out as well, but he is <laughs> irreplaceable he is incredible he is brilliant oh, he, he has personality so there have been mm -hmm. so many changes over the years with you know sort of different pundits and stuff leaving and things have changed and i'm not saying he's going because sky need to change he could stay there as long as he wants until he's 106 not just 66 um, but i think he probably just wants a bit of a change as well in his life and it's just a bit like do you know what 25 years of doing the same thing maybe i just want to go and watch Hartlepool on a Saturday afternoon. Fair enough, fair enough. At a three o'clock mm. kickoff. Well, look, from all of us at the offside rule, you know, we all have a connection um, to Jeff. Uh, best of luck to Jeff from us. It goes without saying, doesn't it? I have one indulgent plug. I also do a show, ladies, um, Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Are you coming this... on this podcast to plug another <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Only once. But uh, you know who we interviewed this week? And my 13-year-old self was going giddy. We have Robbie Williams on the show. Yes. And I thought I would tell you both that I told him, not only did we do this via Zoom and I was chatting to him whilst at a service station, because yes, I was en route to football. There's like, there's the, the backdrop for Starbucks in the background <laughs> of the video. But also, I revealed to him that I once tried to break into the Copthorne Hotel in Dudley to try and get to take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that probably warmed him to you immensely. Lindsay well, he just Hooper. said, he said, oh, do you remember this album? And I went, yep. And um, he went, do you remember that album? And I said, and I think he said a video for another album. And I was like, yes, do what you like, which I definitely remember when there was a bit of a, an X-rated version. And, um, and I said, yes. I said, Robbie, you're speaking to your demographic here. <laughs> Um, yeah, there you go. Well, really you can. But he loves out. his football. It's all about football. Yeah, he no, knows. Of he, he does. could be a league. He could be a league one or two correspondent. I tell you. Well, there you go. Very, very good. Ever, ever, ever dries up. There is a job for him, I'm sure. Um, listen, we got to round it out there. Thank you to both of you. Thank you very much uh, to everyone listening for your feedback. Keep it coming in, by the way. If there's anywhere to leave a review for us, please do. We always love reading them. Or just put your nice comments on Twitter and we'll give you a mm -hmm. retweet. Um, at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget the website as well, offsiderulepodcast.com. There's a great piece up there actually from Laura Lawrence this week um, about, um, uh, about COP26, which is the big climate summit in Glasgow taking place over the next week or so, and how sustainable, how eco-friendly football is, which, Lindsay, I was meant to talk to you about on Monday night, wasn't I, on Times mm. Radio, but we ran out of time. But yeah, an interesting oh. take from her. On the and we've run out of time again. Oh, we've yeah. run out of time again. Um, could be one for next week. Who mm. knows? Um, what are we up to for the next few days? Uh, Lindsay, where are you driving off to next? Crystal Palace against Wolves on Saturday. And oh, nice. then Arsenal against West Ham in the WSL uh, on Sky Sports on Sunday evening. Very good. Hayley, you're back in the studio again soon. I will be, yes. And I am actually heading home on Saturday. Um, I say home. I forget that as a 40-something-year-old in a house that I own down south, should be home, but isn't. Um, I'm heading back north to my parents to go and spend the weekend up north, which will be really nice. So I'll be watching, um, yeah, all the FA Cup action. My other half's not into football, as we know. So I'll be, I'll be allowed to watch telly all weekend, which I'm quite excited about. Well, have a lovely weekend, both of you. Lovely weekend to our listeners as well. And we'll see you all next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. 
Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Athletic.